Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Hello, Nice to Jack. Time out. Time out. Matt Weber on the board. SB Futures down 28. It's after a... Uh, relief update yesterday. We thought we were back in the blue market. Uh, not so much so far. NASDAQ futures down 94. Uh, China China data was pretty awful. Well, I don't know how you get expectators over there, but anyway, it was, was worse than the expectators uh, um, said was going to happen. So they're, and they also told, said they're, they're not, the uh, youth on, or the young people, whatever, I'm not so sure how they define youth, but they're not going to give us the youth unemployment anymore because the numbers are so bad they don't want, them, they don't want us to see them. So that's what we're gonna do here anymore. Any number we don't want, Brendan. Any number we don't want to give, like you're my age or anything, we're just not gonna give it. You mean you don't want people to know you're 21? No. Well, I guess I could roll with that. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd want to, to to point out that you're you're now legal. Yeah. Well, oh God. <laughs> it, it, it never stopped me before I was legal. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I was the guy who bought. For, I was the guy who bought for everybody. We we had a guy, God, what the hell was the guy's name? Mike Chufo. He was a character. He looked old. He had. He was one of those guys who was shaven when he was like ten. Yep. He he had the full construction outfit on with the hat and everything, even with the name tag. And he would go to Walgreens every week and buy for everybody, and they never questioned him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had the whole outfit, man, he, with, with the name tag. You know, it said Mike Mike on the name tag. I don't know what union he professed to be in, but he he was pretty good at it. He, uh Anyway, that's back when you had a. You remember the hardest, the hardest piece. Maybe doesn't know this. When you had your fake IDs, what was the hardest part to get done, Brendan? Well, I remember to make sure that the numbers were correct for the birthday, and the and the license number. Right. With the the draft card. Those, oh yeah. Ra- the, the the draft card was pretty pretty easy to to duplicate, Manny, but on the back was a stamp, like a regular old stamp. Like people used to stamp stuff, and uh, it was really hard to duplicate the stamp. The rest of the card was pretty easy. I know a couple of guys who were, were doing it. Anyway, talk about always need to have a guy. With always always need to have a guy. We had the Indiana license plates. They used their license. They used to actually fold out, so it was like a two cards. You fold them in half. They were they were typed in. So of course somebody had a guy who stole an entire empty box of them. So we all had Indiana license uh, license. Yep. And they were, they were totally legit. I mean, they were just typed in everything else. Well, <laughs> except for the fact that you falsified all the information because it wasn't really you with your age. But, hey, put that aside. <laughs> oh, no, you, you, you use your real name. You just put a different date. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, it was int- uh, Fitch warns it may be forced to downgrade dozens of banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, 
Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen in, Brennan, yesterday, but we were uh, with Jan and uh, Nancy. We're trying to figure out how you can actually find, since you know, essentially that's my job, is to f- is to watch all this stuff for my clients, make sure they're protected, and if there's something crazy, to try and get out of the way. Well, how I'm having a real problem uh, interpreting all this news out of China. I can't figure out who's got all the money involved over there. I don't know if they've prepared for it. I mean, I, if it's and China's been going downhill for a while, and of course all the conversation on CNBC yesterday was all about why, if it all these problems, why hasn't it happened yet? Duh, you know that kind of crap. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess there's something to that. I mean, if if you are BlackRock and you know more about these guys than I do, and you've got a whole bunch of scratch over there, and you see it degrading, I mean, have you found a way to 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 deal with it, to set it aside, to not invest more? You like to, to get out before it goes down? <laughs> I, I don't think you get out. I just think you. You, you sort of minimize, minimize, yeah, minimize, minimize damage. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't think it's possible to get out because who's the, the outfit today? That's uh, yes, the country something something. Oh God, let me see if you can. Let me see if I can find it. But it, it was all over the stuff yesterday, and I forgot the name. It was uh, their their biggest um, land developer has, has like they've got ten bonds that are not even trading this week on their exchange, mm-hmm. and they're they claim they're they're four times bigger than the one that was problem a few years ago. Um, I'll, I'll find the name here somewhere. Unless Mitty finds it first, but they're the something. Uh, oh, I'll find it. But the uh, and they, you know that's I don't, I don't know how you. I mean, I would never have guessed, Brent. I mean, if we were to talk three weeks ago about the five things that might impact the economy in this Goldilocks world that people think we're in, uh, I don't think either one of us would have would have come up with uh, uh, downgrades. Would you? I wouldn't. I might. Mean, no. No. No, nope. I guess we should. Uh, country and, garden and it would be significant. You know, when yeah. when you think about any downgrade of U.S. credit rating, that's that's pretty significant. Well, it is. I you know the the country the output is called country garden. Um, and there, there are four. That sounds like a really nice place to live. Wouldn't yeah. you like to have a place in country garden? It's like it's like an old people's community, isn't it? It is. Sounds sure it does sound like that. Golf courts, the pool, it's tennis courts. Fifty-five and over. A lot of lot of lot of golf carts. A lot of pickleball courts. Um, a lot of bridge tables, um, nice flowers around the walkways. By the way, are you into this pickleball thing? Uh, no, I'm not. Not yet. But soon, huh? Well, you know, it seems like all the rage. And since I can't run anymore, uh, I I may have to take up pickleball in the near future when I'm cleared. You know, you, you sound a hell of a lot better than you did six months ago. I haven't seen you. I, I have this. If somebody were to make me bet, I'd say you're, you're seriously on the mend. I don't know. If, is this running thing permanent? Still in the information gathering stages. Um, it looks like I may be able to do some running in a bit. I'm running a little bit on the treadmill at cardiac rehab right now, but three, four minutes at a time for three or four segments, so about 10 minutes, uh, 9, 10, 12 minutes a, a day, three times a week, mixed in with the, the cardiac rehab stuff. All while I'm monitored. I'm not yet cleared to run on my own outside of cardiac rehab. Because right, you're still showing tachycardia issues, which are concerning to them. All right, but you're way the hell better than you were. I feel better than yeah. I am. Yeah, I think well, the stents helped a lot. You know, putting a couple of stents in has helped the blood flow. the The interesting thing to me is that when all these symptoms show up on the monitors, I don't feel anything. Oh. So I don't feel the skip heartbeats. I don't feel the fluttering heartbeats. So um, 
it's it's really weird wrapping my head around this when they when they tell me things are wrong and i feel fatigued and so i mean i know something is amiss but i don't have those immediate symptoms it's not like i'm clutching my chest or there's an elephant on my chest or anything like that and all the 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 primary symptoms it's just minor stuff that they can't quite figure out yet well the good news is uh they're they're pretty good at this you're happy you have it now and not 20 years ago that's right exactly right yeah anyway um the good news is you sound a hell of a lot better thank you for sort of telling um what do you uh, can I get back to it? I, I don't know. I, I don't like being in the dark on these numbers, Brennan. I really don't. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to find stuff out. I, even simple stuff. Like yesterday, uh, the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you, uh, I think I sent it to you. The, uh, every, in the last three weeks, two weeks, every time I've dug for numbers, either through the CPI to PPI, whatever it is, whatever I get to, I just find more, more questions and I started out to find an answer. Uh-huh. So, Yesterday, I, I use this debtclock.org. I mean, you know, I bring yeah, it up all the time. And it's, they've had a, us with a trillion three in credit card debt now for a while, and they had us going over a trillion in 2020, which is the numbers I've been given saying it's up 30% since essentially the COVID, since the Fed put the 35% money supply in. And no matter what you look at, this number of 35% keeps popping into your head. You know, a lot of things that I think have gone up in price, Guess what? They're all 35%, 32 to 40. And, and, it's, and it absolutely is almost a class for monetary theory that says if you increase the money supply by 35 cents, 35% two years later, you're going to have inflation at 35% and everything is going to adjust. Not everything. That's the, that's the problem. If everything adjusted, there probably wouldn't be a problem, but everything doesn't. Some people get the raises, some people don't. Some people get the money, some people don't. So the Fed comes out yesterday with a number that they just – we just passed a trillion dollars on the credit card debt. And I'm thinking, how could these guys be that wrong? So their definition is uh, the uh, commercial bank, that, uh, this is the debt clock debt, or commercial bank, and then other, other credit card companies. So now, of course, the Fed's defined as at commercial banks. So which, of course, the question then comes, who the hell are the other credit card companies, right? And what's their number? So finally, after about two hours of digging, I find another Fed site. Evidently, there's, and I can't find the number, but they refer to, there's bank credit card debt, and then there's store debt. Could that, could that in, other, in other companies, could, it, could st- the stores still be holding $300 billion in debt? Or, or, what, what, about a, what about credit unions? Well, that's another one. Credit unions, too. So uh, I, don't, I don't think, I'm not positive they're in the Fed number. So I guess credit unions and what's what stores still carry their own debt? I mean, obviously Fields and Carsons and Sears, all those people used to. Who, who still does? I mean, it is a uh, still around to be able to. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's furniture stores. There are people. No, I, I I know that. I'm being facetious, but but you're right. You, you think about uh, you know Sears, Weebles, Goldblatt's, all the the ones who used to have their uh, their own cards, and most of them are gone away or don't seem to have cards anymore. Is is Discover a bank? I don't think so. That's a financial services company. I don't think that Discover is a bank. Well, that, that would be part of it then, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, that would be part of it. I'm going I'm to... Walmart's still not a bank. They tried once and then... Are they... No. No, I'm, Walmart's not a bank. For those, for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, if, if you go to uh, Land's End or 
L.L. Bean or Bass Pro Shop or something, they're all going to want to give you a credit card. But when you get it, it's going to be credit... Uh, who's the guys with the... Uh, <laughs> the guys with the whack-a-mole. It'll either be Capital One or at least Citibank or somebody is behind the card. So those are, those are in essence, all bank cards that just are sponsored by somebody. Right? Mm-hmm. But then yeah. other... But then I, I don't, I'm not so sure... Is the Walmart card, is that a bank, or is that... I know Costco is, uh, is Citibank. It used to be American Express. But, I mean, uh, there's, still, there's still, I guess, some stores. I mean, is Macy's, are they, do they carry their own, or do they do somebody else? I don't even know. I don't know anymore. Um, you know, one time, I think I had a, a Fields card, but that's long gone. I don't yeah. have a Macy's card. I mean, I, I stay away from anything like most store cards. Um, so I don't know what's out there in the way of cards anymore for private ventures, furniture store. You know, and you would think there would be, oh, what about um, GM and, and the car companies for their credit? That's not, that's not uh, what's the difference between res- credit cards are, are they're revolving or non-revolving? Uh, car loans are something different. One okay. is revolving, revolving, and one's non-revolving. All right. I think, uh, so, I think so credit deck- cards are unrevolving because revolving is you got to pay the same amount every month, I think. I think. Maybe okay. Would you, you mind digging that up? That you pay down your debt, you can increase yeah. the amount so that you, you've got limits. And when you pay down your debt, you can uh, borrow again once right. you pay. Right. Um, hey, uh, I'm going to ask you a, a question. Uh, if it's too close to, the, to home, feel free to tell me to change the subject. Uh, our mayor, who I was willing to give a chance to, and now I'm, I'm already kind of souring a little bit on the dude. Uh, he just fires this lady this weekend. Yep. And it appears the story was, of course, he did it exactly other than he said he was going to do it. He said he was going to talk to her. He never did. And she never got a chance to say goodbye to people. And it turns out the big the big bitch was, at least what's printed, which could be totally different, is that she essentially forced kids back into the public schools before Florida school teachers wanted them uh-huh. on COVID. Now, the guy has been getting paid for by the teachers' union for, what, a decade or two? Yep. Now, my question is to you. I think the mayor is a full-time job. It is. Um, if he's still getting paid by them, is that an offense to kick him out? No, uh, it, it's not. Um, well, first, I don't think he is getting paid. The The other question is whether he's drawing a pension from them because there are limits in, in and I don't know if he's uh, eligible. He probably is because the length of time he served for the CTU and as a teacher to qualify legally for a pension. But there are restrictions when you draw a pension under Illinois law to go back and work for a government agency. So that there's a possibility that that's a problem. But he only taught a year. Uh, well, I know, but then he went to the, as a union organizer, so I think... He how, the, how the... Excuse my French, but how the bleep does that get you a pension, to be a union organizer? Well, it, it's the same way that, um, you know, Richard Daly was a teacher, a substitute teacher for a day to uh, get extra pension benefits. If you look at the way the pension laws are drafted, you can get credit, like union folks get credit time for the time that they're in the union office for the union that they worked with. If they were a truck driver or a bus driver or what have you, they can get credit for their time in the union office. Um, That's why you see some of these 
pension, the union leaders get astronomical pensions. It's also why you see teachers moving from district to district and why, and I mean, some of the other classic moves are that uh, in the last year of somebody's teacher's contract, when they're about to retire, the, the board will triple their salary because they take into account the average earnings for the last you know, three to five yeah. years to calculate your pension. And it's not how much you've earned, but what you're entitled to. So if somebody was, you know, say they were a teacher making $80,000 a year, and they knew that you were going to retire next week, you bump it up to 200000 a year, and they get credit for the 200000 a year as if it was the full year that they'd gotten paid. So the school district only pays them for, uh, in this example, a week or two of, of the higher salary, but the pension benefits are based on that $200,000 amount. Didn't the, Likewise, didn't the lady who, uh, who substituted for Stroger for six months, didn't she end up with some huge pension more than she ever made? A lot of them. A lot of them do. They they get and union act, activists, uh, people who are working for the union, also get credit time and salary time uh, based on their union activities, even though they're not teaching in the classroom. What? Uh, Manny and I were talking about this a little bit on the way in. I I, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see us, Brendan, with a Hitler or Mussolini running the place. But that's. In my opinion, that's exactly where we're heading. Do, do these people, and it's not color or anything like that, do these people who make a national sport out of using laws to steal from all the rest of the people that are really having problems, do they think the other people are too stupid to realize that it doesn't piss them off? I think it's a calculated gamble that even though people are pissed off, they won't take action or won't vote them out. Um, I'm not talking about it, voting them out. I'm talking about worse than that. I mean, well, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, but that's also the risk, that, that prosecutors, or attorneys general, won't go after them for action. What, that's why it's so rare when you see something like what's happening with the feds going after Mike Madigan and Tim Mapes and the ComEd 4. Uh, is very unusual. And, you know, it, when you look at something like Madigan's history, how cautious he was for years and years. Um you know, there was a movie a number of years ago called The General with Brendan Gleeson in it. And he was a, a Irish crime boss. And he would never use a phone. He would never communicate except in person. And he was, his house was bugged. His phones were bugged. Um, and when he would go outside, he would always cover his mouth with his hand so that they couldn't have lip readers telling what he was saying. Um, now, first, that's a very heightened state of paranoia, but that's what you know a lot of uh, a, a lot of folks do. They they talk in person and talk in a kind of code that um, uh, that is meant to protect them. And the idea is that if you can't prove it, then it doesn't exist, and you can't prosecute me. Well, I mean, it's it is the American way, and it's better than the other way, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm just. Curious is if if today, and I guess it's a huge if, somebody found out that there was a, a a a BJ Inc. that was still getting a check from the Chicago Teachers Union, and he fires a city employee because they didn't play nice the Teachers Union, is that cause for impeachment? Well, you see that that gets really tricky, and and that's what you're seeing in a lot of other trials right now, or a lot of litigation that. Can you come up with an alternate source, an alternate reason as to why you fired somebody? Now, 
in in the case of Arwady, it's a transition of the uh, of the administration. And for, from time immemorial, when you have a new administration, they usually ask for everybody's resignation, and then you accept some and don't accept others. Um, that that's kind of the normal course. So I think he has the right to fire her. He just did it in a really crappy way uh, at. 5.05 on a Friday night after her staff had gone home and never met with her even though she asked to meet with him and he said he was going to meet with her he didn't do that so yeah you can you can chalk him up that he's kind of a bad dude for doing that but I don't think that he can be impeached for firing anybody well, I, I understand that but I'm saying is he still under the employee of the teachers union if he is he, I don't want him in that job simple as that well, yeah I, I don't know the answer to that I don't know if he's still a union organizer or CTU I think uh, I, I would hope that he had stepped down from that position, but um, if if he hasn't, he's going to have a heck of a time getting some of his things through. If that comes out that he's still employed by the CTU, especially when well, it comes employed, to employed and paid paid for, it can be two different things, as we know. Well, that's true. That's true. But imagine what happens when the the CTU contract comes up for renewal. Oh, I, don't, I think they're going to get whatever they want. Yeah. Even to the fact the other people can't pay it. Mm-hmm. According right. to a quick Google search, it says um, the union claimed that Johnson is on leave since November 2022 and has not received salary, but he is allowed to utilize his unused accrued paid time off. What does that mean? That's his arrangement with the CTU. What does that mean? That means his uh, vacation days. If you're not getting any money, how do you have vacation well, days? Well, I assume he, I, the, his unused vacation days from when he was under uh, contract with them, he gets paid out on those. If you're paid as a consultant, paid out of those, and those also count towards time towards his union credit for his pension. So that's when does a consultant get a vacation? <laughs> I, I'm in the wrong business. I, I really am in the wrong business. <laughs> How does a consultant get a vacation to get paid? Well, I want to figure that out because I want to do some more consulting work. Yeah. By the way, I'm here two weeks. I need a week off on you. <laughs> I, I, I just, I. I I want to put on my gravestone. If the if the chief only had a little imagination, he'd have done a lot better. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 unconscionable. I I I don't know. I uh, I after after driving home on a Sunday night from the Burbs later on the Stevenson and had three guys go past me at 100 miles an hour. This morning, going to pick Maddie up, some guy blows down Clyborne ahead, be going 60. I don't. I'm I'm I think it's getting very hard to live here, Brennan. I really do. I mean that. The danger quotient goes up by the second, and nobody and everybody seems like they don't want to do anything about it. Now we we had a new police chief, and we all knew we all know the resume the man had to have. Now I hope I hope I hope he's terrific. I wish him all the luck in the world, and he seems like a good guy. But when you exclude ninety five percent of the population, maybe you get somebody good, maybe you don't. Just <laughs> just saying. Well, look, no matter who you are. You can't open up the, the search process to everybody in the world. Uh, you have to limit it. And the idea is that there may be 10 people, 15 people, pick a number of people who are qualified for the job. Um, but, you know, depending on your perspective, you can say, yeah, it's unfair because you are not looking at anybody who does not have an affiliation, prior affiliation with the CPD because of morale issues and where things are with the cops right now. Um, but that was the same thing that happened with David Brown when they brought him in from Dallas. You know, it was the same thing that that, uh, that has happened with with a guy like um, I'm trying to remember something like Gary McCarthy, 
you know, you bring them in from the outside and you open the search and, and there are other problems because they're not connected. Well, you know, there comes a point when you got a clean house and it, yeah. they're at the point. Well, obviously some people don't think that they're at that point yet. And the, the, the fact that they cleaned house and went outside didn't work very well. So I think they're still searching for the answer. Well, it didn't Whether work because they didn't answer or not. <clears throat> well, I mean, the, the, Maddie will never remember this, but Orlando Wilson, when he was here, I would say he was the best commissioner we ever had. And morale was always low because he didn't take any crap from anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you want to be one of the lieutenants, then your day you're supposed to be out checking on all the other people. If you just go home that day and they make you work, I guess your morale is going to go down. But I don't mind that, do you? No. No. And so you're looking at what are the root causes? Is it some of the things that are legitimate beefs? Or is it something where you're being held accountable to do your job? And how does that impact morale? You know, it's <laughs> it's like when a, when a politician is looking at uh, a conflict uh, at the legislative level and he says, well, you know, we can we can have a deal right away. We can have a deal tomorrow if if we just act reasonably. What they're really saying is, if you give me everything I want, then we'll have a deal tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> of course, I'm of course I'm reasonable. Just give me everything I want, and we'll have a deal. We'll sign it tomorrow. And if you want to push back, well, then we're not going to have a deal, and it's your fault. What um, we got a, we got a dash, Brennan, but I it, we we could talk uh, you know, a lot because all this stuff I think is 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 leaking into the economy. The fact that, you know, if if all of a sudden uh, buildings, I mean, some of the commercial stuff is just being overbought and things like that, and the fact that we had the COVID and some changes mm-hmm. and things, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is just, you know, structural issues. I mean, when you have a, a, a transportation system where everybody can get someplace cheaply, that goes from being an advantage to a disadvantage, and I don't think you let that happen, do you? No. Now, although, you know, I did see you are talking before about violence and when you were coming on the expressway, I saw that there was another shooting at Clark and Van Buren over the weekend. Yeah. Right around the corner from you. Guy, uh, guy went out to get his car and three guys said, we want your car. So, how many, how many cars at, at night, and I'm not, how many cars at night at four in the morning do you think are driving around this town with two or three goofballs in there with blacked out windows, armed to the teeth, looking to, to take care of something or somebody for profit. I'm going to say 30. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you got to find a way to stop it. Yep, you do. And uh, I don't know how you yep. do it, but you got to find a way to stop it. I just Anyway, Brendan, take care of yourself. Glad to, see your, glad to hear you're feeling better. And uh, good stuff. SP Futures down 25. NSA Futures down 75. Uh, be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. 
Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm tomorrow, Matt Weber on the board. S&P futures down 25, Nasdaq futures down 75. This is a somewhat of a surprise as we looked pretty bullish yesterday. And but every now this is now what's this, Maddie? Three times in the last two weeks we've been shocked either by a Chinese number or by a, a downgrade or something. Today we got sort of both of them. Uh, we've got a uh, Fitch saying they're going to downgrade more uh, commercial banks, including J.P. Morgan. So I've got the XLF this morning, which is a bank, uh, the bank ETF part of this uh, that. That are in the S and P 500. It's that piece of the bank, not the smaller ones. I got it down 0.8 percent. I mean, so stuff does not look all that great. Uh, yesterday, as we uh, talked yesterday, we were strong. The Dow was Dow wasn't. Dow was only up 26, but S and P was up 25. Nasdaq futures were up. Uh, they were up. Nasdaq was allegedly unchanged, but the futures were up a lot because they ran up after the close. Um, anyway, so unusual that it would be say would be saying unchanged because they sort of really weren't. Over in Asia. Nikkei, which is down yesterday, is up 178.6%. Hang Seng down again, under 20,000, uh, down 192. That's over another 1%. Shanghai has been kind of quiet through this whole thing because uh, Country Garden continues to have these problems. Another biggest developer over there, going down two points. Call that unchanged. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX down 166. That's 1%. Puts you down to one and a half percent at 109. Back around down 93. That's 1.3%. So, a record UK wage growth. Uh, and also, I guess that's uh, I guess that's good. But if you're getting a raise, but it's not so good for the for the for the big numbers supposedly. Uh, bonds up five basis points, four point two three. That's got to be a, a recent high. Bond uh, up eight basis points, two point seven one. Japan up uh, two basis points to point six four. Oil uh, down again today, down eighty two cents. Still over eighty, but it was eighty three. Now it's eighty one sixty nine. Breath down 65 cents, 85.56. Natural gas unchanged, 278. Arbob unchanged at 290. And gold down again on 1070, 19.33. Still over 1900, but really struggling here. Silver down 29 cents, ouch. 22.41. Uh, copper down 5 cents, 366. We've got Bitcoin up 3 bucks. This thing's been very steady in this 20, low 29,000, 29.333. And the US dollar, which uses causes, causes all this mess. It's actually down all today, where the euro is up to oh, back over 109, 109.3, and the British pound is at 127. So you would think with the dollar down that the gold would be up, but not so. Matty, what do you got for us, uh, traffic weather sports? 
36 minutes past the hour. Good morning to everyone out there. We have a couple of issues to report on the area expressways. It looks like the outbound Kennedy, we have a crash right at Chicago Avenue that's causing delays as you're heading uh, outbound toward O'Hare. Down on the south side, there's a disabled vehicle on the tri-state I-294 southbound at 159th Street, and that's blocking the exit ramp. Um, So those are the two issues on the expressways, but slow moving overall due to the rain in the area. If you're coming in on the Kennedy from O'Hare into downtown, you're at 50 minutes. It looks like uh, if you're coming in on the Edens uh, into downtown, you're at 55 minutes. So those are your two two slowest moving expressways right now. Weather today, showers early, then this will taper off and will be overcast and mild, uh, well below normal. A high of just 71 today. Right now it's rainy and 66 degrees downtown. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 108. Right now it's clear and 91. In sports, Cubs and Sox were both off last night. They'll square off for part two of the Crosstown Classic tonight. Uh, this time at Wrigley Field. First pitch scheduled for 7.05. Hendricks versus Toussaint on the mound. Cubs, uh, of course, swept the uh, White Sox on the south side a few weeks back. Uh, so they'll look to win that series. Diamondbacks lost to the Rockies last night 6-4, and they are fading fast as we take a quick look at our Major League Baseball standings as we do every Tuesday morning. Are they fading faster than the Pirates or about the same? Uh, well, the Pirates were, have, haven't been in it in two months, but the Diamondbacks yeah. were in the wild card as recently as a week ago, and now all of a sudden they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and they're 59-60, and 60, 13 back in the NL West, and now out of the wild card race. I'll get into the wild card standings in a second. White Sox, of course, are out of it, 47-72, and 17.5 back in the AL Central. Cubs are still right there. They're 61 and 57 after taking two of three from Toronto over the weekend. They're uh, three and a half back in the division, three back in the loss column of Milwaukee, who swept the White Sox. White Sox did not do the Cubs any favors this weekend. No. But the Cubs are tied in the loss column with Miami for the final wild card spot. Uh, just one game back overall because Miami has uh, played two more games. D backs are three and a half back in the NL wild card. Chief. The, uh, do we have Joel? Sure do. Good morning, Chief. How, are you, How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I have, um, unless you have something very urgent to talk about, I have two questions for you that people have been texting me in. What, what, what's going on with Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so you had to throw me the curveball. Well, I mean, I, it's a, and I was reading about it, and Kevin, of course, just says, hey, Joel's got to know this stuff. Ask him about Jim Harbaugh. So there you are. You know, I'll give you just a quick lowdown. When I kept on hearing about the suspensions and a lot, I was getting a lot of texts and phone calls, I said, is it official? Is it official? And no one ever said it was official. And what, from what I understand, the, uh, the suspensions that Michigan agreed to, right, and uh, the NCAA, uh, the, the Rules and Fraction Committee threw it out. Yeah, it was like and, it was like the Hunter Biden thing, right? Yeah. So what happens here is, uh, you know, Tennessee has uh, 200 violations, which uh, includes some uh, direct payments to players, and nothing happens, right? Jim Harbaugh buys a guy a couple cheeseburgers and watches a workout on Zoom, and they're ready to slap him with a four-game suspension. So. Man, that guy just works the media, works everything to his advantage, and he got what he wanted, at least for this year. So it's really more of a reflection on the uh, ineptness of the NCAA uh, than it is on Harbaugh. I mean, the guy the guy is Teflon. The guy knows how to attract the media, 
And that's why he's always going to stay in college. You go to the pros, they don't want you to shut up and win. They don't care about all this uh, this Michigan. So that's the best lowdown I have on you is that he got it po- uh, you know, uh, postponed for a year. Well, but it was supposed to, it was for him doing something during COVID, right? Or something? Of yeah, he watched some guys work out on Zoom during COVID. And I don't even know if any, like, um, uh, any protocol was in place that said you couldn't do that. I mean, I know, you know, it was a very unusual situation. Uh, but that, so far, those are the two infractions. And the other thing uh, that supposedly is that uh, he wasn't truthful in his testimony to the NCAA. I, I don't know what he said to them, but uh, obviously the rules infraction committee either thought, wow, this is, you know, where, you know, this is too harsh or not harsh enough, and we're going to come at him big time after the end of the year. But right now, uh, it's uh, status quo for now. Um. Well, hey, the other thing, and now, now if you can answer this question, you're even smarter than I think you are because you're. I think you're real smart. I have never been able oh. to Joel in my entire thing. I've always stayed away from. There's things I think I'm pretty good at, and this one I just never wanted to touch. I have been. I've never had any clue as to how to value banks. I don't think you ever get any information out of them that's really worth a crap. Uh, I don't know. People have this uh, book to something something ratio they use, and and also I have no idea what. Honestly, I have no idea what they're talking about. Now all of a sudden, the banks, which if you listen to TV all day long, mm-hmm. a month ago they were they were swimming so so far with the, with the current behind them. You know, Jamie Dimon is the next next best thing to St. Peter for God's sake. And all of a sudden now everybody's downgrading them and they're all in trouble. Like. Do you have any? Do you have any idea whether how to how to value these guys? I have no idea. Uh well, they all traded, um, you know, historically low uh, PEs and valuations, and uh, I guess that's for a reason. Um, I think you know the, I, these ratings agencies. You've had it, uh, you know, more news today on it. I think I think they're looking underneath the hood, and I think what they're concerned about is you know what you know investors and a lot of people that have been on the bearish side um, have been using as a primary argument and that is is that the like things are okay right now right like uh, you know chief has his his uh, his nice house and he has his nice rate and you know maybe he overbuilt or overpaid for his house but you know what he's got a three percent mortgage right that might be up in 2025 and I think a lot of these commercial loans so this uh, doomsday scenario with the you know recession and everything is predicated on you know people not being able to spend and I think they're looking they're looking farther on down the road and they're saying hey these by the you know some of these uh, homeowners some of these commercial property owners some of these uh, business uh, uh, business building owners are not going to be able to to pony up uh, whenever their loans are due, 2024, 2025, 26, whenever they come due. So that I think they're not looking at the short term. I'm thinking they're looking a little bit longer term. Well, I mean, I just it, it's really hard to figure out what's on their balance sheets. I don't know how, how does anybody get a look at their loan portfolio. Uh they, I mean, they don't, and I, I mean, I guess Fitch and Moody's and those uh, agencies that you know probably can dig deeper and get more information uh, than we can. 
but you know, I've, you know what, I, I, I uh, during the uh, banking crisis, I, I had a few small banks in my portfolio. Um, I added a few during that crisis. They're back, you know, they're up now. Um, you know, one of those banks with J.P. Morgan that I added. I mean, I added them to a long-term portfolio, and <laughs> you know. They had me thinking about getting out of it, but usually when I put something in long term, I like to keep it long term. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's it, it's hard to differentiate. But you know what? You don't know until one of them comes out and says, "Yeah, we're writing off three and a half billion for X, Y, Z." You don't know until you know. And I think Fitch and Moody's is trying to trying to get ahead of the get ahead of the curve, whether they're right or wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it's a uh... What do you make of the, the Home Depot? I said I had two questions. I actually have three. What do you make of Home Depot? Uh, re, uh, when we talk about recession, that recession, the uh, 2% year-over-year sales decline, and I'm going to say that their prices have to be up in the year, I'll be nice and say 5 to 10%, 5 to 8%. What the hell? Isn't that a recession? Uh, I mean, you know, sales are down, comparable side, transactions are down. Uh, but they, you know, they still come up with a with a beat, you know, a beat on uh, on revenue and a, a beat on EPS. I mean, there there's some some type of slowdown coming. But I think another thing about Home Depot that you got to think about is, well, if people aren't moving, they're going to be doing more stuff to their house. Yeah, right? you, would th- you would think. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but you know, the the growth that these companies had, I mean, we're. You know they had a high bar to clear, right? They've had a they were under uh, two hundred and eighty dollars back in May, and then they hit three thirty five last week. Uh, so expectations were very high, and they didn't blow them out. So you know, once again, just kicking the can down the road. Well, Joel, take care of yourself, buddy. Thank you okay, very much. Go Good. Blue. Uh, SP futures down thirty now, Nasdaq futures down ninety five. We going straight to Kenny. We're short break. We'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Jacks. I'm Tom Matt. We're on the board. SP Futures down 31 now. Nasdaq Futures down 97. This is after coming off a pretty bullish day yesterday, I thought. And, uh, boy, we're getting something's happening every night. Either downgrade or some China problem. And uh, we got both last night. We have uh, all, all China's economic numbers came uh, below expectations, and they're not going to tell us what they're not going to tell us, Kenny. Uh, uh, young people unemployment. They're not going to tell us that anymore because that must be a bad number. Uh, how are you, bud? 
Happy Wednesday. Or happy Tuesday, sorry. Everything good? You, Listen, you know, I, first of all, I take everything that comes out of China with a grain of salt because I hardly believe anything they say uh, anyway. So, while, you know, now they're painting this picture of, you know, demise and the economy's bad and the kids are unemployed and all that stuff. Last week, you know, Bloomberg ran with an article that said China was the biggest global buyer of oil. Uh, because, you know, demand is so high. And then on Monday, they say, you know, their economy is spinning out of control. So it's a conflict there, right? There's, there's one day it's great, the next day it isn't. So I'm not really so sure, which is exactly why, by the way, I don't play in China at all, just because I think there are so many other places to put your money than China. I would, I would agree totally. I, but when I, uh, you know, we, we spent some time in the last week, even uh, Dan was helping us out with it. And I, I still keep my finger on where all the money that people loan to China, who's all got it? Is it a problem? Is it somebody we would the least expect to have a problem someday? But these guys, a country gardener, none of their bonds are, are, are even trading this week, right? Isn't that the deal? No, well, I talked them yesterday. I didn't, I didn't see whether or not they started trading them again. But, you know, yesterday after the overnight on Sunday when the news came out that uh, about country garden, then yesterday morning, right before, our opening there was a message that you know they were working to extend the payday and so that they were you know they were trying to prevent uh they were trying to prevent the default uh, i haven't heard anything since my sense is that they haven't defaulted and they're still working on it um but i think it creates i think it creates a lot of noise um do i think it creates a trouble for china sure do i think it affects the rest of the world i really don't uh, and maybe that's a naive view, but I don't think Country Garden or the other one, Jingzhou Enterprises, that big wealth manager there that, you know, is also very involved in the Chinese market, which is also, you know, kind of accused of uh, going into or being in default. I, I don't think it affects the, you know, the, 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 the Western global financial system. I just don't. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, I guess we'll see. Well, I, uh, it's another one of those things this weekend. I mean, this last week or two, I've, I've had a, well, I've had two actually pretty good weeks trading and so forth. But the uh, every every time I dig for an answer, I seem like I find three more questions. So I, in terms of, of 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 mental solving mental problems, it hasn't been so high. I I just don't understand. The, I can't put my hands around the the size of of the China situation. I mean, I know for uh, years. I mean, if when you were still on uh, uh, CNBC, I, don't, I, I if you didn't if you didn't say China. 30, 30, every 30 seconds when you were talking about your company, you didn't get right. anywhere. I mean, it, it was, if you didn't put money in China, you were a total schlump. And, uh, and somehow, some way, it was, it, was the, the, it was the solver of the universe's problems. And Agreed. I, and I know a boatload of cash somehow went over there. And we had a, a guest on uh, who provided, Maddie still remembers the guy's name, I'm sure. They, they provided coatings for pots and pans. I mean, don't insult the guy by say Teflon because that's fifty years ago, right? They were coatings, and and uh, and he had to put a plant over there because that's where his customers all were. So right, he, so he in, invested something. Now whether or not he's made that back in spades, uh, you know, in the ten years he's been over there, or twelve, fifteen years he's been over there, I don't know. To where his investments down to zero? That's the thing. I don't know. I, I have no idea that if all of a sudden that were to close up, is he on the hook for? For ten million, he's already amortized and could care less. Is he on the hook for ten million? That now he's broke. I, I can't. I can't get a, any kind of a read out of who owns all the dollar-denominated debt. Who's made investments over there? I mean, has Apple made so much money over there that if they got booted out tomorrow, they're okay, or are they or are they going to lose billions of? I mean, I, I, I guess I just don't know, and it bothers me. 
Yeah, no, and I, I you know, that's, that's, that's a very good point, because I don't necessarily know the answer either. I, I do know, and you know, and we've all seen it after the whole COVID debacle and what happened over the last two years, certainly U.S. companies and European companies are now starting to move away. They are moving away from China, as they probably should, in terms of being so dependent on them, right? So it's Vietnam, it's other places in Asia, it's India that they're moving to. And even those places, by the way, I don't understand why they're not bringing most of that back to the United States, but that's a whole other conversation we could have. Um but one way or the other. So I'm not necessarily surprised that the Chinese economy is not acting so well. They brought it on themselves. Um, uh, and so therefore, big companies that have moved away, uh, if that's affecting the Chinese economy, well, then it's affecting the Chinese economy. Quite honestly, I thought we were we were way too dependent. Not only we, but the world was way too dependent on China. Uh, and so there needs to be some diversification. And I'm hoping that that's what we're seeing, which is why, you know, I'm hoping that while China may, may come into, you know, uh, uh, some difficulties in terms of their economy, the rest of the Asian community, where, where else we've now expanded to, uh, you know, will kind of adjust, right? Okay, what do you what do you do when you when you get a, a shocker? When I say a shocker, I'm, I'm with you, and you and I, you know, we talk every week, so we on the same page on an awful lot of stuff. I have been in this in Kenny, Kenny Polkari school that says stuff has been gradually moved from China and moved back here and stuff that we're totally dependent on, you know, types of things, especially during COVID. Uh, you know, we started making, maybe started making some masks here and things like that. Yet last week, I should have kept it, but it, it said we're, we're way more dependent on drugs out of China than we were four years ago. Which is mind-boggling. How could that even right? be? How could that even be? Shame on us and shame on the administration or the elected lead, elected whoever, to, uh, 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 pharmaceutical companies for putting us in that position to be dependent on a third world country, right? A develop, an emerging market country for all of our drugs in this country. It's mind boggling to me. Well, you know, you almost reach the point where you have to ask, and it, it, the economics shouldn't pile into politics the way that it does. Yeah. Uh, and because, you know what? All the people that I learned from, uh, the Milton Freemans of the world, and the George Stigler really, he was. Well, George Stigler was a, was a governmental economist, but, but Milton Friedman really thought that they were separate. And to the point where I think that was probably his biggest single weakness is, is, is he, he never really understood that you can't, you can't just economically grow out of Allende, you can't economically grow out of Z or Putin. You know, they're just different cats and they're not like us. I mean, uh, but I, I don't. I mean, who, who was the most powerful man in Washington? Is it is it um, was it Trump? Is it this guy, or is it the head of Pfizer? It seems like whatever we do, those guys do whatever they damn well please. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, is, I, is it possible to spank him? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. And I do, you know, that you bring up an interesting point. Who is really in charge? Is it big business? Is it pharma? It's certainly not. It's certainly not Joe Biden. That's the damn truth. Well, without a doubt. Some- well, it clearly wasn't Trump either. They didn't, they didn't do anything. He's, yeah, right. he, I mean, he, him right. they ignored. They're all driven by, all driven by uh, big business. And whether it's, you know, farm, during COVID, whether it was farmer, and you have to believe that, you know, pharma did drive uh, most of the decisions there during COVID, right? Yeah. Big well, you're, 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 pound, you're pounding it out here a little bit, Kenny. Um, so why don't you try uh, hacking back in? But hacking, what a bad word. Uh, connecting back in. Uh what do you? I was having trouble with my internet this morning. Can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit better. Yeah, you were you were every other word there for for about a minute. Now you're better. Yeah, my on in and out. I don't really know why it's doing that today. 
but yeah, you, you mean you really sort of wonder if these decisions. And, and yesterday, I just uh, actually my doctor is sort of anti-vaxxing. I just heard that somebody somebody uh, got their license pulled in one state for 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 uh, throwing out misgivings about uh, COVID vaccinations or booster shots yeah. or something. I mean, right? What, what I mean, yeah. these, these guys got a little more power than they ought to have. Okay? I mean, uh, it's I don't know. Look, I don't know how you deal with it? I, but. It again for the fifth time, and I got whacked really hard. And I've had the shots, and I've had the booster, so I'm done. I'm not getting the booster anymore. No one's talking me into getting it. If I get it, I get it. In terms of if I get the virus, I get it. I've had it five times already. Uh, I'm done with the booster. I'm done with. I'm done with it. Well, I'm trying to just you know? be neutral on the whole subject, but I read something a couple weeks ago that said the amount of people that are getting, no, they're not dying. So uh, I guess that part's good, but. Right. You the more boosters you have, the more likely you are to get it. Now they're saying. I it was one article. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> hey, but I do have a, a, a kind of a serious question because I keep, I keep making fun of it. Back when you and I started, I'm really t- turning the page yeah. here on you. Sorry, but the, every firm, you know, be it Bear Stearns, be it somebody, somebody, they they charge you kind of an arm and a leg to get stock, right? But the idea was they had yeah. you know, twenty, thirty, forty people that really put their their nose to their to the grindstone. And analyze all these companies, and if and if they thought some firm, you know, IBM or God knows who, General Motors, if they thought their earnings were going to be a lot better than than otherwise, I mean, they actually studied all this stuff. I mean, I mean, not just looked at it and made a guess. I mean, really studied it. That was you. You paid for these people's research. I mean, if you were in, you know, the uh, I'm going to say the pharmaceutical companies, there were companies that you, you probably know them better than me. You know, there there, there might have been a. Uh, a you know brokerage firm that really specialized in those companies or oil companies or something, and when you went there, and they said we like these four or five stocks, it wasn't like they were always right, but at least they could give you a list of numbers and stuff to say here's what everybody else thinks, here's what we think, here's why we think it's. They they did all that, so there really were right. people that that were I use the term analysts, and, and yet I don't think now that nobody pays much for commission, I, mean, I don't think anybody does that. So when you, when you hear somebody say. You know, eighty percent of companies have beat expectations. I remember looking at this Home Depot expectations; they they beat everything. Yet compared to last year, they're horse bleep. I mean, who, I guess my question is, who the hell are these expectators today? Could it be anybody? Could it be you? I mean, who who, who are they? <laughs> I don't know who they are. Certainly, they continue to be these analysts that these street strategists that you know continue to come up with these expectations. But one way or the other, to your point. It is a different world out there. How do they come up with the expectations? What's it really mean today versus what it meant, you know, when you and I, you know, came into this business thirty or forty years ago, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think the same level of research is necessarily available. Because I remember guys that would actually every morning. Even, God, this is a goofy one. Remember an outfit called Jag Notes? Yeah, sure. Of course, I do. Did you ever meet those guys? I never met them. No, but God, Jag Notes were they characters? Jerry, they were the big thing on the street, Jack notes. They were Jerry, Anthony, and Gary. Yeah, and they, uh, they, we met those guys out in Vegas. Boy, were they nuts! But they would actually <laughs> call up everybody's desk every morning and get everybody's yeah. recommendations and fax them to you. Right? Wasn't that their deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so funny because everybody waited for that. For that, everyone waited for the fax from Jack notes. Yeah. Every <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you ever met the guys, you wouldn't have been waiting so long. For, <laughs> they were nuts. Anyway, no, but, it's but funny you bring because like research was a big deal. Was a big deal. Yeah, 
anyway. Yeah. But the world has changed. The internet makes everything so much different, and you get all this information, and you're getting hit from left and right and, and, and center field all day long with uh, estimates and ideas and notes and, and comments and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's different today. Oh, yeah. Well, Kenny, thank you very much. Good stuff as usual. Have a nice week, buddy. SB Futures down 32, NASDAQ Futures down 99. We're not bouncing back at all yet here. We'll be right back with the professor. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456 that's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com hear ye hear ye the homer broadcasting system is on the air stocks jocks stocks and jocks you are out of control right here right now right here right now right now Something happening here. Hello, and welcome back to Saxon Matt Weber on the board. SP Futures now, we keep sinking. Down 34, Nancy Futures down 103. We're, doesn't seem to be any by the dippers showing up just yet. Do we have the professor? Good morning. How are you? Uh, you two guys, uh, I know you're struggling with this. Um, according to Ted Rossman, bank rates senior industry analyst, once you hit the mid-700s on your credit score, you're considered to have excellent credit, and there's no practical benefit to scoring any higher. It's just bragging rights above that threshold. So there you go. <laughs> so, Matty, once you're at 760, you can lay off the pushing for 840. I think I'm at it, 760. Just like your, your softball average. Once you get to, like, 650, getting to 700, nah, what's the difference? Well, my problem there is I'm batting about 250. Uh, you're supposed to hit the grass, not the other guy's hands. Yeah, well, I'm not hitting either. I'm hitting the dirt, and then it's an easy ground out to shortstop the last, like, three games, it seems. The dreaded 12 hopper to short? I mean, a lot of those, yeah. And then oh, when yeah. I do hit it hard, you know, a guy makes a good play at third or something, but I, I can't can't find the grass late, lately, which is All which you is need rough. is one hit, and it'll be all grass. Yeah, I was hitting well early in the year. Well, hopefully it turns around. Did you ever... Uh, did you ever play uh, a lot of softball? You were in the, you were in the, in the when you were in the Navy. Did you guys play a lot of ball? We didn't. We didn't play a lot of ball. We mostly uh, uh, did twelve ounce curls at 
various <laughs> establishments throughout the world. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew a, a gentleman when I worked at Pullman with him, and he was a uh, in the Air Force, and uh, he was a really good athlete. He used to play 140 ball games a year, 12 inch for the wow. Air Force softball team, and he was also a star in their flag football team. Hmm. We were, had we had a pretty small ship, so. And we were always underway, always underway. Well, it's hard to play when you're out in the ocean. It's tough, tough to get yeah. a flight football field. Yeah. Just we had a flight deck. We had a little teeny flight deck that we played basketball on. And if you caught the right swell, you could dunk it with your feet. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably somebody to land overboard or something. But <laughs> um, You want to hear what's going uh, wrong? With, well, I don't know about going wrong with the world. I'm a big debate, but how things have changed. You realize that everybody now that goes to the Little League World Series – has to be on a, on a regular bed because last year one of the kids fell out of the top bunk and banged his head. Yeah. So now yeah. we got we got outlaw bunk beds because people. Yeah. Are gonna, how, how many? Years well, you know, in the Navy, um, we had three high bunk beds, and they were about two feet by six and a half feet long, and they're about two inches soaked with sweat, and nothing kept you in it, um, and when. When we hit the swells, those things got caved in. They tip over. <laughs> God, people fly out of them. Yeah, I was on the top bunk and I never had an issue. I could, I could, I could tell you a story right now. that You'd laugh about it, but it'd probably be inappropriate because we had kind of a hippie dude in our in our birthing area, and he uh, slept uh, in the nude. Okay. And every day he popped out of his middle pit, right into. Carrie Jackson's lower pit, and every morning you heard Carrie Jackson go, Brandon, sleep with some underwear, man. God. 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 A kind of a hippie dude. I like that. <laughs> would, would, you, would you describe Matt Weber as kind of a hippie dude? I wouldn't really know. Probably not. I mean, he. he man, you uh, never went down that road, did you, or did you? God, no. Yeah. Well, I consider myself a bit of a hippie. I, I just, uh, I'm a hippie that, uh, I'm a, uh, you know, live and let live kind of person. And, uh, but I, I'd have to listen to Metallica, but I don't mind Janis Joplin or CCR. But oh, Janis I'm, I'm, a, great. I'm a libertarian hippie with, uh, I like Grola. Um, but, uh, yeah, my musical choice would be Metallica, though. I'd have to, I'd have to my, stick with them. Most of my Notre Dame buddies were, were, were uh, at my age, were, were pretty much, uh, Hippies or closet hippies, and the year after, totally different. All business. Nobody, nobody had long hair. Oh, wow. it was yeah. a totally different. Well, I think for a lot of men in that movement, I mean, they could tell you what, you know, they could tell you a lot of different things. But I think for a lot of them, they're probably hippies because uh, the girls were hippies and they were, you know, just trying to get dates or something, you know. So <laughs> yeah, the uh, it was a uh, once the Viet War Vietnam War era. I mean, we were like the last group that was part of that. And the year after, not so much. And it was the the tone change in people's personality and why you were in school and those kinds of things was, I mean, there was a whole group of people in school just they weren't, they weren't, they, so they didn't get drafted. Then all of a sudden you were yeah. in school because you were, you know, going to be a lawyer or doing something. Your nose was totally to the grindstone. I mean, my, yeah. my, my year, I was one of the only guys that really was uh, my group of 10 really good friends I was, well, was one of the guys was a, was a well, he was a total hippie, but he was a, a serious uh, chemistry major and ended up working for Noah for years. Brilliant guy. Mm. And then there was mm. me that did real well. A couple other guys, Bob Golden, did real well. But there were some dudes that barely made it out. 
<laughs> we're talking. I mean, one, one of the guys, the only way he made it out was that he uh, he didn't he didn't come to any, go to any one of his last classes, and the guy didn't know he was in there and give him an F. He just didn't turn in a grade. His parents were coming up for graduation. He had senioritis pretty bad. Oh God, yeah. Oh, was um, if he didn't have a, he had a three seven, you know, A being a four his freshman year, and if he didn't do that, he he basically made it down to minimum graduation by the time he was a senior. But we had a few of those wow. guys. But uh, it was it was a different world, and they all ended up being successful. It just took them a while to do something afterward. Just uh, yeah. Now now it's a much different world. I mean, it, it feels like you have to pull people through then. Yeah. You know, push them. Yeah, it's it's tough. COVID made it really bad. But I mean, everybody had a. There wasn't anybody who didn't. You know, now now you see people. You wonder how they got out of high school, but it was nobody like that. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. knew history. Everybody knew math. Everybody knew you know how to, how to read and everything. But they just yeah, just didn't apply I, you know, about, about four or five years after Bush's No Child Left Behind um, Act, you kind of got the feeling that uh, something would something happened because all of a sudden it, it felt like. Nobody could graph a line or calculate percent change. Oh yeah, who graduated from high school? It it, it, it was like that dramatic. At least in my experience, it was. Well, the I mean, COVID situation, could, yeah, the COVID made it even. Well, I mean, I'm talking about co- no yeah. child left behind back under Bush too, when he pushed that through. It, it felt like four or five years later, uh, when they're teaching to this test and trying to standardize everything, which I don't like. Um, it, it just felt like uh, that's what that was a start of uh, a dramatic drop-off in kids' math ability um, coming out of high school, about four or five years after that. Well, there's, and it, it there's just virtually no like history. It got no, worse it, and worse and worse. There's no history ability I mean, whatsoever. Yeah. And nobody, yeah. Well, Eric says that when he teaches creative writing in a college, and he goes the first three weeks, all he talk about is punctuation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a student last year who um, we were trying to you know, calculate the slope and the intercept of a line using Excel with two points. And I go, all right, now type a comma in the in the formula, right? A5, comma, B5, an Excel formula. And the person said, uh, I don't know what a comma is. And I'm like, try not to look, you know, shocked. I go, well, it's that thing right there on the keyboard. You know? <laughs> it's the thing on the keyboard. There's an explanation, coach. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was, it was that thing on the keyboard right there, that symbol there. Like well, what's, what's what's a, that was what, really shocking. What's a glass? It's the thing on the counter. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> not really a, de- a definition. Uh, well, my wife and I watched this uh, movie love story between this uh, a Chinese girl and this Korean boy, and you know watches them through you know grade school all the way up until you know they're in their thirties or forties, and they finally get back together, and they're at this really swanky, douchey kind of San Francisco restaurant, and the waiter says. Everything on the table is edible, and you know the guy being sarcastic, the Korean guy being sarcastic, go, says, "Is the glass edible?" And the guy goes, "No, that's a glass." <laughs> Here's a, a, a test from uh, somewhere in a high school test, 1911 in Kentucky. All right, and they of course you can barely read the darn thing, but uh, find the amount of fifty dollars and thirty cents for three years, three months, and three days at three percent interest. Yeah, that no way. Eighth, eighth grade, no yeah. way, no way, no way. It, yeah. it, it flies today. Uh, College uh, freshman, probably not zero. Yeah. Th- now here's another one. Uh, this means you got to know the Pythagorean theorem. How long is a rope required to reach from the top of a building forty feet high to the ground thirty feet from the base of the building? Yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. No way. And uh, 
This one, I'm not so sure. This one, I can't. I could never get because I don't know what. I don't know what the, know what the cord was. At a dollar sixty-two and a half cents a cord. What will be the cost of a pile of wood twenty-four feet long, four feet wide, and six feet three inches high? Man, you're from Iowa. You should be able to answer that one. God no. I don't. I've never. I mean, I know a cord of wood is a measure, but how much? How much is in a cord? Ugh. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I said. Cord. Yeah, I, I know it's a a measure. Isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it firewood? Like it's a, it's like a foot and a half long as a standard, and it's how many feet wide and how many feet high. I know that's that's you know. A cord of wood is four feet wide, four feet tall, and eight feet long. Really? Uh, so that you know why that is? It's probably because it fills uh, a wagon, right? Uh, probably. Well, a horse can pull that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know why the, uh, um. In the U.S., we're going to talk about finance here in a second, but in the U.S., the, the, I'll ask you guys, what's the, uh, the uh, how far apart are rails on railroads? And who, and who made uh, that the number? Well, if you're in the former Soviet Republic and it opens up to the uh, West, uh, they had two different sizes. We had, we had two different sizes here. Yeah. 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 But they had a real problem trying to get, you know, trade into, into the, uh, former Soviet and the, and the Soviet bloc countries, the Iron Curtain, because they were, you know, the, just dead ended, and they were different widths. Well, they they were they're the, yeah. they are the width that we should be. Yeah. Um, the it's four feet eight and a half inches, hmm. and that's the same width of a of a wagon was in the Middle Ages in Britain. Oh wow! Okay. And when the the South went with the the gauge that the Russians have, which is five foot, mm. which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Actually, three and a half inches is a is a big deal stability wise and in weight. Yeah, and uh, that's why the Russians were able to, were able to haul tanks easier than we are in rail. Yeah, but the, the who made the decision? And the decision was when they did the transcontinental railroad. Who made the call? And it was Abraham Lincoln himself. So we'll make it four mm. four feet eight and a half inches. So the whole South, as after the Civil War, had to redo all their track that wasn't already torn up. <clears throat> to make it four eight and a half because some of it was five. Just saying. Anyway, well, you know, to to the winners go the spoils, right? Well, I guess. Although we would be better off if it was five. That extra. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not that much better off, but you'd be a little better off. All right. Now we've been the numbers we've been hitting on all week have been how can you gauge now that every day there's something bad about China every day, and every day there's there's somebody downgrading a bank or banks or government. How does somebody who like me, who's managing money for somebody, <clears throat> a lot of somebody's, how do I determine <clears throat> when this all becomes tradable, and not just the normal BS you get every week, positive and minus? I mean, how, how does it? How do I determine which bank has trouble in China, if any? How do I de- determine if it's BlackRock? Do I short BlackRock? Do I buy BlackRock? Or because they they've covered all their debts over there ahead of everybody else? How do you have any idea? What's what's be, what's underneath the dress, basically, of all these places? I mean, I have I I've never been able to value banks since day one. We'll say that if I, I could give you, I could certainly value an oil company's better, or no people would do. I could probably you know value a Home Depot a little bit, but I sure as hell can't figure out what's what's in a bank balance sheet. And how can anybody? How do you trade this stuff? Yeah, I I mean I I, I maybe you kind of stay away from it. I mean, I mean I, which one? China people? China data China data is you know probably. I have a hard time trusting United States data, seriously, and I feel bad about saying that because I would tell my students uh, all the years I was teaching money and banking. I tell my students, you know, you know, American data is bad, but I think it's least bad of all data. But with um, you know, 
the COVID thing, given the government the excuse to get rid of contrarian viewpoints, I, I it's really hard for me to trust it, and I and I feel bad about that. I mean, I want to be able to trust these numbers, and China numbers are going to be even worse because they have even more, uh, they have more of a herd mentality there. I mean, you have to go along with it, otherwise you're. Well, you know, so your, what are your instincts? Credit score goes down. What, what is know? it? What are your instincts about this morning? Where they come out, whoever the hell the expectators are in China. They came out with numbers way worse than the expectators. Now, does that mean they're, they're sandbagging and, and really are doing better, or do they mean if they're, if they're willing to admit to it being that bad, is it really a lot worse? But I guess I'm right. I don't, I don't trust the numbers either. I just don't know which way. Well, I think China's in a situation that's so much worse than the United States. Everything in China, to me, is much worse than the United States. They have much worse of a problem about population replacement. They have all these people going through their system who only had one child and you know they're they're getting older and they're going to have this huge mountain you know huge mountain our, our mountain's not not that big compared to theirs they have a huge mountain of population that's going to be entering um uh their, their retirement years really soon and i don't think they have the population to support that so everything about china i think in my opinion is worse than the united states how the many data is probably worse the 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 uniform, uniformity of thought is worse. Um, so when that when that uh, herd goes over the cliff, I think it's gonna be pretty bad. So, you know, I, you know, a lot of people are bullish on China. I'm just not because their monetary. I mean, they were pegging the dollar. They're pe- pegging their currency to the dollar. What does that mean? They're printing money too. They, I mean, they've built ghost cities that you know people don't live in. I mean, imagine our ghost cities. During the financial crisis, were empty condo buildings in San Diego and Miami. They have, they, they, their uh, provincial leaders, governors, were you know told you got to have you know nine percent growth, and they build these cities that nobody lives in. I mean, to me, everything in China is just worse. And then now you got the government really clamping down on diversity of thought. So you, you have even more herd uh, herd uh, mentality in China. So. I don't know. I'd probably stay away from it for a while. What, uh, I'd let the, what, I'd let I'd let it fall apart before I get back in there. How many how many old people do you think they knocked off in COVID? Yeah, they probably. I mean, I mean if you think about it, if you're writing a novel, I'm just fictionalizing here. If you're a novel writer, and the United States has a problem, right, with older people, uh, China has an even much worse problem. And what what did COVID do? It 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 uh, it was really harmful to older people. And so you could create this novel, this fictionalized novel about, you know, the thing was created in a lab. We know that now. Um, we're pretty sure of it. And a lot of people are saying it back then who were selling we still, stuff We still can't admit it, though, because some people are, are yeah. still can't admit yeah. it. Yeah, you got all these people in the herd, man. And, but it was engineered in a lab. And who did it kill? Older people. So how can you not come to the conclusion that maybe this was by design? And people might be shocked by that. But, you know, people have done worse things in in. But this this is pretty bad. It was engineered this way, but people have done much worse. I mean, all you gotta do is go back to Nazi Germany, or or the the killing of eight million people, starvation of eight million people in Ukraine under Stalin. Yeah. Or the millions of people's heads, the the, the piles of skulls in uh, the Ottoman Empire. I mean, or Cambodia. I mean, it is possible for humans to be that diabolical and evil. Well, it Paul, is. Paul it's possible. Was, Paul Pat was right up there. Yeah, Pol Pot, you know. Um, so 
the thing kills older people, right? Every, most everybody else is going to do did okay. You, they'll get a severe flu. Did you read a? Wait, when this was all happening, I haven't seen anything lately. If how many, how many phone numbers were not all of a sudden not being used in China? Yeah, yeah, and you know, if you it criticize, was it, it was like millions. If you're criticizing, you're a, a big, powerful name in the CCP, and you're a billionaire. Billionaire, man, you you were silenced too. Oh yeah, right? you just kind of disappeared. They just disappeared you. So it's possible for human beings to be this way, and for people not to even uh, ask those questions. That's a problem. If we can't even ask those, oh questions. right, you can't even ask them. What, yeah. Well, what do you? How do you? Uh... No, I'm just saying. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just. You know, fictionalizing. Uh, the thing about COVID, right? I'm just fictionalizing. I'm not saying it's true, but you know, the cynic in me w- wants to ask that question. And today, I can't ask that question. No, well, you, you yeah. can. You sort of can here still. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't. You certainly can't criticize a big pharma if you're a doctor. No, you can't. No. You're, you're, you're a doctor. You're out. You know, all, all all corporations are evil. The ones that genetically modify uh, vegetables and whatnot—they're all evil, right? But you can't criticize Big Pharma for creating what Bayer Aspirin's CEO called, you know, genetic editing, yeah. the the mRNA vaccine. They didn't call it genetic editing, but he did. And when he was talking to people, I, I saw this uh, article. I read it during the, the pandemic. He was, you know, when they were rolling out the vaccines, uh, people wouldn't have accepted it if you called it uh, genetic modification, right? Um. So you know you, you can't criticize big pharma, right? These politicians probably have stock, and I would suspect have big you know stock uh, uh, positions in big pharma. And man, COVID made them very wealthy. Oh yeah, the, the, why the are you pharmaceutical businesses? Right? I think it made a lot of senators and representatives pretty well. Not to mention people in yeah. the CDC. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm looking at these. I actually have a, a reasonable on one page here. Uh, think about Home Depot's earnings here, and I just was wondering what your, um, if you were an investor or somebody, if somebody calls me today, which they will, and say, hey, we got some money to put the work, where are we going to put it? I'm looking at Home Depot. The thing's trading, uh, it's down buck ninety five, so not much. Uh, matter of fact, I probably should have done a spread in there because it's not moving very much, but I didn't. It's trading three twenty eight. Last year at this at this time it was three twenty one. Uh, you know, it was 150 in 2020, but still, it's it's way up here, like a lot of the stocks. Uh, since you know, coincidental, not saying causative, but coincidental with the Fed pushing a lot of money into the place. But now their earnings per share are 465 versus 445 expected. We don't know who the hell the expectators are, but it's 465. Now last year it was 505. The revenue is down two uh, percent from last year. Uh, which I'm, and they, the guy says that they're, uh, the huge price increases are largely behind us, and I, I probably would have to agree with that. But I'm going to say yeah. there were some price increases this year, because I go there all the time. I mean, and there's a lot of prices this year, and it's it's in the stuff you would never guess. And maybe the 2 by 4 is down, but God help you, the nails are up, that type of thing. Uh, yeah. But if they're if they are talking a 2% revenue decline... And I'm going to say I'll be real nice and say the inflation in the last year was eight percent or six or something. That means they're down somewhere between six and ten percent in real purchases. God's sake! Now, what? Do you, what how, how are people still talking about we're never going to have this recession? How do you define it? That's a recession to me. Yeah. Well, if you add in inflation, Let's they're down five percent. 
Yeah, right? if saying. you account for inflation, yeah, they're, they're down five percent actually. Even the yeah. inflation that our guys admit to, and you and I think it's double yeah. that. So, so, yeah. so they're down between five and eight or ten percent, and, and real on real sales. Yeah, uh, that's me, one yeah. hell of a lot. It's a hell of well, a I lot. Well, I mean, I mean, you remind me of this when I, when I was uh, when I was uh, coming to my when I was you know leading myself to the Austrian perspective. I, I was kind of discovering it on my own teaching macros like thinking these macro models just can't be uh, the Keynesian model, the, the supply side you know, model, the neoclassical models. These things can't be realistic. They can't be based on reality. And I, it kind of led me on a journey when I was re- writing my book to the Austrian school. And I wouldn't say I'm an Austrian. I would say I'm a neoclassical, neoclassical Austrian. I like I like math. What the hell is a neoclassical Austrian? Other than, <laughs> other, other than <laughs> a, an odd duck from New Jersey. <laughs> a neoclassical Austrian, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a neoclostrian, I think, you know, and I'm the only member of that school. I don't get invited to tea parties in the Austrian school. Well, can it uh, still because, be a school if you're the only guy in it? Well, you know, Murray Rothbard said you needed at least two people, so I'm, I'm recruiting somebody to join my school so I can call it a school. <laughs> so if, if anybody's out there that wants to join my school, they can. I just you know, are, are you, DM me on, on Twitter. What's the, what, are the, what are the benefits of being in this organization? Maybe I'll sign up. <laughs> There's no benefits, man. <laughs> no benefits. Uh, our, our parties are very depressing. <laughs> well, if you're the only guy there, I, it's not exactly. A, a I'm just being real with people. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a really depressing school of thought to be in. Maybe. <laughs> Good lord, you can't even include your wife. She's not in there. No, she. I can't get her to recruit. You know, she. She won't. She won't be recruited. My, we have different points of view, so that's fine um, with me. <laughs> I, I like different points of view, so. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know she's she's come around though she you know she says that she'd be interested in running you know eventually for office in New York City and one of her one of her um, the issues would be a voucher system I go mom uh, Lynn I call her mom because you know the kids but I go Lynn I don't know if that, that's going to be too popular in Democratic circles so she she does like the the voucher system and I'm a big fan of it oh, you so man so man yeah well the uh... It's not that we don't have that system here, but we have charter schools, which are just yeah. somewhat the same. Well, thing. well, the charter schools. I mean, if you're if you if you have charter schools, but the state forces the char- uh, a curriculum, a public school curriculum on the on them, there's not a lot of difference between it two. And I think the teachers unions are pushing for that because they want to make the charter schools too much like the public schools. Well, what is the dif- make them? Yeah. What is the difference? I, I spent it's a long, long time ago. I spent. Half of first grade in Canada, all right. So, say it was a while ago, and uh, I don't remember it all that much, other than that the the bus to school was a was a Volkswagen micro bus. <laughs> That's how, <laughs> what, what about eight kids. Were they, were they playing? Were they playing Joplin on there at the doors? <laughs> Not, but the guy had the stick shift going, you know, down the street. I still remember that. But uh, anyway, the uh, well, you got to they got to make the bus small in those rural communities, right? Well, there weren't many kids, so uh, yeah, you, yeah. So you have to have a small bus. But yeah. you could easily put uh, no. That's not the same as the, when you say the small bus to school. That's not that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, you could put eight, ten first and second graders yeah. on the thing easy enough. Anyway, yeah. so well, our buses we had we had these big massive. Uh, you know, yellow school buses oh, yeah. on our route, and we'd have like ten kids on the bus, right? And we all have our own seat. We're all laying down because we got picked up like an hour and a half before school started, right? Because we we're so rural. Oh, really? That, that bus route was like it was like a forty-five minute drive. Seriously. Oh yeah. Oh, in the yeah. wintertime, I bet it was a riot with those buses. 
a lot. Yeah, we were on a uh, uh, dirt uh, road with some gravel on it, and we had to walk a dirt road down a hill to catch the bus oh, at fi- uh, you know five thirty or six o'clock in the morning. It's all dark. We're waiting for the school bus in the dark, right? Oh yeah. Well, but yeah, going back to inflation though, I mean, airfare. You know, in that latest uh, inflation release a week and a half ago, in it, airfare fell eight point one percent. Yeah, it's used cars and trucks fell five point six percent in terms of prices. Home prices fell two straight quarters. So what does that what does that mean? It means people are cutting back on travel. They're holding on to the cars and houses. And so because wants and needs, the prices of wants and needs are so expensive, they're buying their needs. So when I look at the data, all I'm seeing is recession, recession, recession. And I've been thinking this for, you know, we've been talking about this, you know, at least five, ten years. I don't don't think we've had a lot of growth. The only growth that we've had is in the wallets of the ultra rich, the top one percenters. I mean, that's where the that's that's why these people on the news can sit there and say with a straight face, everything's fine. Everything's great. Well, is, They've is, never had a better. Well, it is for them. Yeah. Did you see the thing yesterday? The air, airlines are, are yanking out coach seats and putting in first-class seats because so many people can afford first-class now? Well, yeah. You got yeah. all these people. Um, and you got a lot of people that can, you know, a lot of people in the top 5%, a lot of people in the top 10%. They're feeling great, right? And, you know, if if that number is growing, I, I hope to be a part of it one day, but I don't think I will. Hopefully my wife sells a book or two. But um, if one day we join that top two percent, that'll be great. But for right now, we're not going to be sitting in those uh, well, if she, expanded if she, first class seats. Uh, is, is she? Uh, have you ever thought that if she puts out a book and all of a sudden is a multimillionaire, are you are you are you with it or are you getting dumped? Oh, I, I think I'm all right <laughs> because um, we were watching that movie about the Asian the Asian couple, and he's kind of a slacker, but he's uh, he's a slacker with you know a soul. And he didn't like holding her purse. And I turned to my wife and I go, hey, I'll hold your purse God. on the red carpet if you need me to. God. <laughs> Remember uh, Mike Royko's article about winning the lottery? We just had, what, the billion-dollar lottery winner? And yeah. he, he goes, I'm so tired of... Well, 400, uh, 400 million after you take out tax. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, God. he, he, uh, he uh, said he's so tired about, you know, some guy who... Got a job, you know, in some factory, winning like you know three million dollars in the lobby or the lottery, and saying, "Yeah, I'm going to pay off my you know '52 Chevy, which I owe two hundred dollars on, and I'm taking their wife for a weekend and you know at a motel on Stony Island, and I'll just keep my regular job." Because my friend Phil T. Slob just won, and he's doing it the right way. He walked into a local bar, he bought everybody a drink, and said, "It's the last time I'm going to drink in a dump like this," and walked out. And he told his wife, "Pack the bags, going around the world." And she's packing them both. He goes, what are you packing yours for? I'm going. You're not going. Said, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that was a little harsh. But, but yeah. Well, I think I think that mentality, you know, you might burn through it. A lot of people that win the lottery, they burn through it, and they find themselves just back where they were, you know. Well, there was a, there was a guy that won a yeah. bunch on the trading floor, and he was a clerk. Yeah. And he, had, But those days, it was, uh, it was he got like, I'm going to say 50 grand a year for 10 years. Were they paid 10 years? Maybe it was a 20. Yeah. I don't know they pay it. And of course, he puts the fifty grand in a trading house. He he blew it in three days, so he had to wait for like his next year, and then did it again. Wow! Huh. But but at least he had something to look forward to, you know, every year. If I yeah. if I can just make it to January, January, I got another fifty grand coming by. SP futures down thirty four, and as it through futures down one eleven. I uh, will continue this in a, in a minute. Stacks and jacks.
How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, I'm going to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howell, Matt Weber on the board. Uh, seeing a, a, the face of your, of your of one of your buddies here, Mitty, and uh, Jamie Dimon, not happy with the potential downgrade of his bank by Fitch. I don't think he would be too happy with that. Uh, a lot of stuff going Why on here. getting downgraded? Uh, I don't know. But they, they think everybody's balance sheet is as good as they... Uh, it said it may be forced. They got a warning. Um, anyway... SP Futures is up down 29, NASDAQ Futures down 91. We, we tried to buy the dip here a couple times this morning, but it has not it has not worked out so far, but it might. Dow Futures down 270. Over in Europe, we're down here uh, 148 in the DAX, that's 1%. FTSE's down 100, that's 1.3%. Tech around down 83, 1.1%. So they're all down about 1% to a little more over there. Asia DK is actually up 178.6%. Market was only down a little bit last night, then these China numbers came out. Uh, Hang Seng down 192, that's a full percent, under 19,000, 18,581. Shanghai is, is pretty much unchanged, down two points, so whatever's happening isn't happening on the mainland as much as in uh, Hang Seng. Uh, yesterday, uh, S&P 500 was up 25, Dow was up 26, NASDAQ was unchanged, but the NASDAQ futures were up yesterday, so cash didn't match the uh, futures yesterday. Uh, bonds, 10 years, 4.25 now. It's up six basis points. That's, uh, that's you know... 
that's as high as it's been in a long, long, long time. Bund up eight basis points, two point seven two. Japan up one point six four. Oil down a buck twenty eight now, eighty one twenty twenty three. Uh, Brent down a dollar seven, eighty five fourteen. Natural gas down six cents, two seventy three. Arbob down a penny, two eighty nine. We got gold. Uh, gold, no matter what, can't seem to go up. Down ten bucks, nineteen thirty three. Silver down twenty six cents, twenty two forty four. Copper down four cents, three sixty eight. So kind of everything's down this morning. Crypto now, crypto's up five bucks, twenty nine thousand three thirty four. In the U S dollar, it was. Uh, down quite a bit. Now it's back to like unchanged. So uh, euro is 109 and the pound 127. So not much going on there. Up and down, but not much change. Matty, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. 36 minutes past the hour. Good morning once again to everyone out there. We have red all over the screen right now due to the rainy conditions throughout the area. Uh, but the earlier accidents on the outbound Kennedy and on the Tri-State at 159th Street are all clear. So that's good news. Uh, we do have a report of a pothole that's causing uh, issues on I-355 northbound, right near I-88 in the western suburbs. Um, uh, so uh, crews are on the scene uh, trying to get that patched up, but that's causing delays. North of there, there was an earlier truck fire on the I-355 Veterans Memorial. This was on the northbound side at North Avenue. That has been moved to the right shoulder, uh, but that has crews on the scene as well. So give yourself plenty of time. Uh, travel times, just taking a look uh, from O'Hara down, down to downtown on the Kennedy, 64 minutes already at uh, 737. And inbound Edens uh, from Lake Cook to the Jane Burn interchanges up to 71 minutes, so an hour and 11 minutes there. So we have some significant travel times coming in uh, from the north side. Weather today, clouds and rain early. And then uh, we'll see that uh, sort of burn off in the early afternoon. And uh, we should be dry uh, for Cubs socks tonight, but uh, not a lot of sunshine. A high of just 71 as well as uh, temperatures uh, are well below normal. Uh, right now it is overcast and 67 with rain in the area. For our Phoenix listeners, sunshine with a high of 108 today. Right now it's clear and 92. In sports, quiet night last night. Cubs and Sox were both off. They'll, of course, uh, rekindle their Crosstown Classic uh, this time on the north side, uh, 7.05 first pitch tonight as the Cubs look to uh, take the first three of the series. They won the first two a few weeks back uh, down south. Uh, first pitch tonight at 7.05 at Wrigley. Diamondbacks played last night. They lost to the Rockies 6-4. to Chief. The uh, Cubs aren't, aren't so hot this year in teams that have come off losing streaks. The Mets were lost six in a row and they lost two of those guys. Yeah, they lost two of three to the Mets. They really blew that third game. They had a two-run lead in that one and, and let that one get away from them. And then the Braves came into New York and, and pounded the Mets. I was a little worried after that Mets series, but then they went into Toronto, who's a really good team, and uh, took two of three. So feeling good. I think they were happy about the off day and uh, happy to be back home. So let's see if they can go on they another have three run. off days in a week. Yeah. It's like never happens. Yeah. Hey, uh, Hal, what are you... Um, again, I, I this whole bank thing is always always befuddles me because I, I can never figure out what, how to value a bank, uh, and I, I I don't know what these guys. Let's put it this way: What do you suppose changed in the last month that all of a sudden Fitch and these other people are looking at these banks like this? Well, I think you. I think what happened is the Treasury is selling, you know, ungodly amounts of uh, securities, and when you supply a bunch of securities, the prices go down and the yields go up. And so why would you want to put your money in, in a bank account when you could make, you know, five, 6% on securities? Uh, so I think that's, a, that, that's a, I think a big 
big part of it. Um, I think people are, you know, it gets around, you know, maybe people who don't really care are, are really into that. They're, they got their job and they got their kids and all of a sudden they hear their friends are taking money out of their banks and putting it into CDs, you know. Well, we've so got, I, I think we've got a, a, a huge treasuries. amount of dough here in treasuries. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when you get, some, if inflation is really uh, 2.5% or whatever, roughly, and you're getting 5 6%, I mean, that's pretty good, I think. So if, I think if a lot infla- of people would be happy with that. If the inflation is really 2.5%. Yeah, if it's really 2.5%, right? So. Well, I mean, if, you're I mean, closer if, to 2.5% now than you were two years ago. I mean, a year and a half. Yeah, three, I, I, I mean, think I, so, too, yeah. yeah. But I, so uh, I think that's a lot of it. But, you know, I also think, you know, you look at, you look at uh, the Russian ruble, right? Russia's economy is natural gas and crude oil, and the ruble is headed down. Um, Russia, um, the ruble is down to 100. It hasn't been 100 since uh, the pandemic. Um, or, wait a minute, no, last March, the yeah. Russian uh, the Russia, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Well, Russia- it's down to where it was. It's about to where it was a, a year ago, or no, a few months ago, right, in March. Or 2022, so about a year and a half ago, right? So it's it's down there. I mean, it's headed south, and you know, the central bank of Russia just uh, jacked its um, interest rates up from eight, under eight to twelve in um, in two hikes. So, you know, maybe they're starting to feel, you know, cr- you know, if if the world economy is slowing, uh, maybe they're starting to feel feel it before we do, right? Um, so. I, I think ours is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm it's slowed dramatically. I think ours is yeah. slowed dramatically, and I, yeah. I, I really think that if it's like being sick, if uh, yeah. if you're if you're sick, probably we can fix you up. We, the medical community, yeah. I'm not part of that, but uh, but if, if you deny that you're sick, I think it becomes a problem. If we don't, if we yeah. continue to deny that there's people in this country hurting, I don't think you're ever going to find a way to fix it. If you, you don't even well, admit that it's happening. On, this is, this is why there's not. I'm the only person in the old Claustrian school of economic thought. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're proud. Of be, you're, you're proud of being the only person. I'm not so sure you let anybody in. So what if I say I, I join? I if I said I'll join up I, today, I, am I in or no? Or am I I'm out? You know, I I think the reason why there is very few people in the Austrian school and very few, and only one person in the old Claustrian school is because we don't have any sellable solutions for government. Um, you know, people like you know people in business like hearing. Low interest rates, right? So they're, they're going to vote for the people that are in favor of lowering interest rates. And you got people on the other other side who are like, "Yeah, we want increased government expenditures," right? And there's going to be another group of people that like uh, tax cuts, right? Well, we don't have any. So the only sellable solutions we have is, you know, set the thing free and let the chips fall where they may, right? Set the dog that's been in the cage in your neighbor's backyard for nine years free. Let that dog out, right? Right now, our economy is caged with restrictions and taxes. I don't know if you've seen this video. Um, this guy from Virginia, Oliver, Oliver um, Anthony, a video went viral. I mean, he's got like eight of the top twenty songs, or top ten songs, or eight of the. It's crazy on the Apple Tunes uh, playlist or whatever. Uh, a lot of people are hurting out there, and. You got to just set that dog free, right? You set that dog free. That dog's not going to know what to do when you open that cage because that water and that food has been coming to him every day at 4 o'clock. All of a sudden, that dog's going to fend for himself. So that first few minutes 
of being set free from that cage, it's gonna it's not gonna be pleasant because you're expecting your your dog food and your water to come to you. Then you got a couple of days later, you're getting hungry. You got to step out of that cage that where that door has been open, and you got to start looking for food. Would you? Once you once you get past that trauma, I think your life is going to be much fuller when you're set free from the cage. So, uh, along that vein, you would not have liked to have been Moses the day the the manna stopped. Yeah, that would have been a bad day. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> a very real, bad day. That'd been a real bad day. God yeah, and he was, you know, he was 120 too, right? Because he was 40 when he left. He was 40 when he left Egypt, and he was 40 uh, when he went back to Egypt, right? And then he lived 40 more well, years. Well, 40, so. 40 was, uh, from my yeah. Catholic education, 40 was just a, a – it wasn't a number of years. It was a long time, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had this I had this debate about, you know, the history of the world. Um, and I was telling him, well, you know, it's not a 1,000 years. Because, you know, a 1,000 to a thousand to a people where the population of the largest city might have been 100,000 back then – a thousand to uh, a population living at subsistence levels would have seemed like a massive, huge number, right? Like, for example, for us, you know, millionaire really meant something when I was a kid, right? But now millionaire is like a guy that owns a house, right, in L.A., yeah. right? Um, so we couldn't even thought, we couldn't even put wrap our heads around billionaire, right? Now we're wrapping our hands around the idea of a trillionaire, right? So... I agree with you. The numbers are skewed, right? I mean, and it, it's skewed because you have a population of people who didn't live very long, and they lived in pretty small communities relative to the communities well, we sure. live in today. They, they, yeah. they didn't have to worry about old age diseases. You never got them. No, no. There's only a few people that made it to really, really old ages, elevated what, ages. What, yeah. uh, without going into, you know, one of the things about the Keynesian world, though, is I mean, one little comment. They have syllable solutions, man. They have syllable solutions First of all, for the recession. Now, now we, we have to put you in a class. Even Matty Weber could teach his class, being from Chicago for most of the time, even though he started out from Iowa. I think I used to trade for me. When somebody would say something weird, he'd go, what are you, from Iowa? But we don't, we don't do that to Matty. <laughs> he, uh, but he, uh, let's just say um, that one of the things, the solution for the government is for you to be given a huge check for a think tank and to hire a few of us and I'll make a bunch of dough to pop out a few ideas, then it, that's a solution. At least for us it is. Yeah, well, if the federal government's financing it and we come up with a bunch of solutions they don't like, they're going to stop financing well, but it. it. But so, it won't be and for, we're going to learn that. As long yeah. as we get a five-year... But then at some point, we start telling them what they want to hear. Yeah. We're, we're going to eventually tell them what they want to hear. I think that's the yeah, problem Yeah, you turn to the politicians. The Heritage and Cato. I think the Heritage and Cato are kind of telling Republican politicians what they want to hear, right? Oh, sure. They want to keep... Yeah, they want to keep the dollars flowing in from the Republican donors, right? Yeah, and it's all. So, what yeah. uh, what if any without without any kind of a political discussion? Because I mean, I don't really want to get into that. That's one thing I like about Milton Friedman is he was asked to be the chair of Reagan's Council of Economic Advisors, and he said no because uh, he 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 thought you know he, I think his opinion would be um, his recommendations would be um, um, uh, turned into. Um, advocate, advocation of government policy that he. I'm not so sure how often because, they, how how much yeah. they really asked him. Yeah, <laughs> I might have thought but, about it. I, but, I, I don't know if they really asked him, but maybe they yeah. did. Uh, I, I bet they did. I mean, Reagan. I think Reagan was a big fan of um, of Milton. Oh, and he just won the Nobel Prize in economics, right? Yeah, he he won it for uh, he won it for something. That he I'm not saying he shouldn't have won it for, but yeah. he should have won it for the monetary history of the United States and didn't. Yeah. 
So they picked something else up later on. It was nowhere near as... Uh, yeah. If anybody ever sees that book, I mean, it's not something... Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if you don't know how to sleep, read a couple chapters of this thing, and when we won't make it through, you'll be dozed off. But <laughs> but the uh, you look at the, the the ability to get... And you and I have discussed this before. I'll, you know, I have it. I'll bring it in one day and maybe next week. Just go through one of the charts or graphs where they talk about hot money and this kind of money and all these different definitions of money like in in 1906 and stuff, that that chart had to take somebody a month to do. It, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not like popping up the Internet and seeing a, a graph and you know copying it and sending it out to people on the show. I mean, I can't even imagine where they got that information. Yeah, the, the, a lot of that, you know, it's just, they had the, it's kind of funny, uh, up until about, I don't know, five, six years ago, th- there's still textbooks teaching, you know, regression analysis using these old formulas that they had to do by hand. Right, the sum of x, the sum of x squared, the sum of y, the sum of x uh, y squared, the sum of x times y. They're still teaching students that. And I, I, every time I would get into that part of the book, I'd say, "Well, this is how they had to do it when they didn't have any computers." Well, yeah. And uh, so, just crazy um, to think about the analysis that was done back then when you didn't have computers, because now you could just type the data into Excel and you could have it done in you know a few a few seconds, you know. As long as you have the data, you could you could be done in like you know when 10 I, seconds. When I use Excel and I have a bunch of numbers in there, and I go to add them up, I use a calculator. <laughs> I know that's not the way you're supposed to do it, but yeah, you could just type equal sum. <laughs> I know I, I could do that, but I just I'd rather do it my way if it's if it's okay for everybody. <laughs> um, hey, uh, just in terms of uh, Mike Murphy is back in town. He's, he just te- texted us, so we'll have him on soon. He's in Germany visiting his son, who's in the army, I believe. Uh, anyway, I just got my. Uh, I paid the bills for two of the apartments in our building. It's got my gas bill from people's gas, and this is what we just we just been giggling about. Not much inflation. The company, the utility is called the People's Gas. Yeah, People's Gas. Is it gas. really called that? Yeah, really. Gas. Yeah. And then uh, okay. suburban is North Shore. Anyway, it's it's astounding because in the summertime, I used to rail about my gas bill being uh, fifty four dollars when there's no gas being used, none. Yeah. It's just a, a, a charge. So, as you and I said, the inflation is dropping down. This month, it just went from fifty-four to fifty-seven. So that's a six-month, six percent increase, like this this month. Mm. So anybody that thinks that this is not in the system for these guys, and, and it's all going back the other way, you are making too much money on CNBC or something. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's the idea that this isn't nipping away at people. I mean, it is. So in in our building we pay now we're up to fifty seven times four. It's it's before you even use any gas. Hmm. So what is that? Two hundred and twenty eight bucks before you even before you even open. And, and, and a gas line is one gas line is a hundred years old. Really? Uh, but I have a question. And this this being um, going forward here. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of surprising because natural gas prices. We didn't, you know, they, we didn't in use any. December they were. Over six, and now they're yeah, about well, two eighty. It has nothing yeah. to do with. It. They've they've morphed. Yeah. They've morphed into that. They don't care if you ever use it. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it, huh. my brother is the greatest guy on earth. We we once in a while we we spar over whether you should put the electric panels on your roof. I say, Dan, they're ten miles ahead of you. If you use if if you don't use any electricity, your bill is going to be double three years from now. It is now. It has nothing to. It, it's your ability to whatever it is. They're ahead of you. 
They're just ahead yeah. of you. And they got the, the politicians in their back pocket because they're stuffing something in their back pocket. You're never going to get ahead. You're out You're out gunned. <laughs> but I... Um, the, the Trump indictments yesterday. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. But talk about those with uh, Carl or Lou. But what, what does it say? With, with Hunter Biden now has a uh, special prosecutor, and the guy looks like he's about the sleaziest dude. Well, I won't say the sleaziest, but he's right up there. We're gonna, we're, we're getting close to an election, and we got two guys running. One of which is gonna be one foot out of jail, and the other guy, whose kid's gonna be one foot out of jail. And he's going to be doing nothing but defending him. What does this What does this do economically if the, you know, if the system is this I, bad? Honestly, the Hunter Biden thing. I, I think Hunter Biden is so messed up and was so horribly raised as a child that it, leaving a laptop at some dude's uh, shop with all that information on it, I think it was a cry for help. I think this guy is so messed up, and he's and his parents just keep enabling him I think he's actually I, I don't think it's going to end well for Joe because I think when it all comes out and he he's facing jail time I think I think it's just an example of just extremely poor parenting I mean you I grew up in an alcoholic household my parents were both alcoholics and you know the net the night the night the, the, the morning after a bender by either my mom or my dad we all kind of like just kind of like pretend like it was not there. It didn't exist. It didn't yeah. happen. And so you enable the people that you love. And I think I think under I feel so bad for the guy. A lot of people don't, but I just feel bad for the guy because I grew up in an alcoholic household. And I, I I just see enabling left and right. I mean, so I, I don't think this ends well for Joe. I think I think when when Hunter's facing prison time, serious prison time. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fall apart and and just implicate his dad. That's that's just my gut feeling. I I I just see it from a mile away. I can smell an alcoholic. I, I get to and, something something yeah. something has changed, and that being part of it. Maybe I wanted to be a part of it, but if, if I was, I yeah. wouldn't have got elected or anything. Something has changed. But the media, the media is enabling this guy too. You know. Well, I, so this guy, this things. guy is you, the you, biggest you, drug addict. But you, he, he's, prob- I know, yeah. I know people. Maddie knows the same people whose, yeah. whose daughters were in Washington as a clerk, you know, 15 yeah. years ago, and they said the guy was a mess then. But yeah, but I mean, in, in terms of the the bad parenting, not having been a parent, but I you know I observe, I see people have seen people, especially when people who have a whole bunch of kids, that have seven or eight kids, six or seven of which are model citizens going straight to heaven and whatever, and yeah. the other ones a total. Always was a total yeah. screw off. Always was a problem, and maybe even killed themselves when they were thirty. You, you, you can't yeah. you can't pin that on the parents because they, they didn't do anything different yeah. for that guy than they did the, the, the girl. Usually, it's a guy. They didn't do anything different for that person. They did the other six. Yeah, I mean, it's some people are just as my grandmother used to say. It's you have to have good luck with your kids. You can't have one that's just out there. You know, yeah. I mean, because you you can't pick them, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's but it, you know, as a parent myself. I tell people, you're not really married until you have your first child, because when that baby starts crying at three in the morning, now you're each elbowing each other, you're pretending like you're asleep and you can't be woken. <laughs> you, you have that dynamic where, all right, I got to get up, and this guy's not getting up, right? That's when you're you start being married. You're no longer like single people. Many, many women knows all. And about you're not that. really a parent. You're not really a parent until you have that that second, third, or fourth kid. 
And then that's when you're a parent because now you have the dynamics of the kids, the older ones, the younger ones, and you got to you got to do the things that Bill Cosby used to talk about himself, right? Uh, damn it, get over here, Jesus Christ, stop doing that, Dad. My name's Jesus. You know, the, you're not a parent until you have that second, third, and fourth kid. Oh God! And it, the dynamic really changes. Um, and but man, Hunter is just—I mean, he's like a celebrity kid. Where everybody, with the exception of a few people, are enabling him, and I and I just feel so bad for him because he really needs to be told the truth. Well, who's the guy uh, um, Geithner? The guy who was the Secretary of Treasury. Yeah. I, read, I read the first couple chapters of his book, and like Kevin was talking, I mean, on the South Side, or if you were, in, you know, family here in Chicago, blue collar family, the the parents' way to get you to want to go to college would to get you a job like in construction or something when you're in high school or yeah. so so you you know it, it was such hard work you said boy is it it's it's easier being a professor i'm gonna go do that type of like uh i don't know if it's easier necessarily but easier on your back I well in the, in the 70s yeah. you know in the 70s the judge would send a, a kid a problem kid into the military yeah right instead of instead of jail right yeah well the uh, uh, you do four years of military boot camp and boot camp was tough back then and you couldn't just quit right like well, you can now well the the gentleman that i'm uh Going to his funeral today, uh, Judge Tuman, uh, great guy, and uh, forty years on. The, you know, you never know what what the religion, if, you know, whatever. If there is a big guy upstairs, but you would think after forty two years on the bench, the guy could have six months retirement before he gets cancer and dies. I mean, you would think yeah. you would deserve more than that, but anyway, he's gone. And it. The guy, he, well, yeah. He, if you think about it, he loved. You know, he kind of died. Well, I mean. Yeah, dying of cancer is a horrible way to die, but he died doing what he loved, right? Oh yeah, and that's one way to look at it, right? Well, he, so the guy he goes to New Trier, which is his high end school, was was an irascible kid, right? So then he they had a private security force. He steals the guy's squad car for a joyride. Oh wow! So he gets booted out of school. <laughs> then they they gets reinstated. And he goes, screw it, I'm not coming back, and joins the Marines. Yeah, and he gets his equivalency degree in the Marines. Comes yeah. out like stars at Northwestern and and uh. DePaul Law School never went back to New Trier, <laughs> and, uh, and then he ends up becoming a a, a public def- or a public defender. Then he became a regular a, a prosecutor, yeah. and then and then uh, becomes a judge and has been a judge yeah. for and had these all these huge big cases. He I think he told me he had sixty three murder cases or some incredible yeah. number. And uh, when, when somebody cover when somebody covers your covers the cost of your bad decision making, you create a an ex, uh, uh, immoral hazard issue. And it's kind of like with the – I read about the, the kids, the Colorado Columbine shooters. Yeah. One of the kids stole a car, and the parents, if I remember right, bought him a brand-new car so you wouldn't have to steal cars. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that creates that, moral hazard. Well, Geithner, I guess he was kind of a bleep-up in school, but not not a bad kid. I mean, I wouldn't like immoral, stealing stuff. But the old man, instead of, like, getting him a real job in the summer, would get him a job, like, with a – a Supreme Court justice or somebody for the mm. summer. Here, yeah. this will teach you what will happen if you, like, do better. I I mm. guess every time you screw yeah. up, you get a better job from somebody. But but it worked out. The guy ended up being Secretary of Treasury. I don't have anything bad yeah. with the guy. Yeah. Just, but, I mean, it is – everybody's all different. He, he did. I think he did. I think he got in trouble for uh, using the expenses of a camping trip to reduce his tax. Oh, God. <laughs> I <can't remember>. <laughs> <laughs> You, anyway. and, he, and he's charging the and he's in charge of the IRS. Right? Hell to be to be continued <laughs> next week, buddy. SP futures down thirty, Nasdaq futures down eighty three. Uh, we'll talk next week again if they have all these problems in politics. If it's going to affect the economy, I don't see it happening yet. Although I don't, I mean it's it's kind of weird. I mean 
I don't remember what Nixon's fiasco did to the economy. Do you? We'll talk about that well, next I'm, week a little bit. Well, yeah. let's give it to next week. SP futures down 31. And that's looking so good today. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. 